Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. The, the kids that will be here that, uh, and the teachers that are teaching, Lord, I pray a blessing over this place. God, I pray uh, that, that you would move in this school in a new way. God, I pray that you would give us open doors, God, that we'd be able to serve this school. And Lord, I, I just we lift up these teachers and these students to you. And Lord, let us be faithful with what you've given us. We've been so blessed to be here. Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we got prayer every Wednesday morning. Love to have you. If you have any prayer requests, uh, we've got the cards in your, in your seats. You can write them on there if, if you're new or if you just want to let us know you were here. We'd love to know that you were here. But uh, shoot those prayer requests and, and throw them in as we come to receive the offering. Just throw them in the offering basket. But we, we do pray for you. We want to continue to pray for you. We believe that God moves in his prayer. And uh, come join us at the office. It's, uh, it's a, a, a great time to pray at 6.30 in the morning. Life groups are off for the summer, but this Thursday night, how's that donut, Eddie? You got, I can't believe you got that whole thing in your mouth. As I'm coming over, watch, I'm coming this way, doing announcements. Half of it was when I was coming. By the time I got to you, the whole thing was in your mouth. That's impressive. Okay, so uh, Thursday night, see, <laughs> Thursday night at the office, which is right around the corner, um, we have the Shambrooks coming in, and, and they ministered to us uh, about a month ago, and it was just fantastic and powerful. So this week, they're Thursday night at 7 p.m. at the office. They'll be back, and they'll be ministering. Love to have you. Love to have you out for some prayer. And, and even, you know, he's talking about the prophetic and, and some of the things that, that God might, might do in this church. So uh, starting the week of the 23rd, our life groups, um, I think that Tracy starts a little later, but we're getting all those together and where they're going to be and love to have you guys involved in the life groups. We, they're just a great time of fellowship with one another. On the 1st, September 1st, pancake breakfast. So I, that's, you know that, you know why we do pancakes? Because we know more people will show up. So every, every few weeks we're like, hey, let's get some food out here, rally the troops. But uh, love to have you for that. Uh, there's a special guest preacher. You cannot skip this Sunday. You absolutely cannot skip. If nothing else, it will be high entertainment and powerful, godly message. Our very own Ed Burgess, Eddie, is making his preaching debut. Um, gosh, and uh, you've got to hear his story and what God's done in his life over the last few years as he is uh, going to be preaching, and, and uh, uh, we'll follow it up with pancakes. So we're excited. I'm really excited. Uh, hey, who we are as a church, learning to love and live like Jesus. The simplicity of the gospel is we want to be a little bit more like Jesus and, and move that direction as a church. So uh, we are finishing up a series right now. In June, we started this journey. I don't know if you're with us in June or some here and go and, and whatever. But, but we started this journey that uh, we were asking God to heal the land in our hearts. It says this in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. And what we have said in this journey is, is this, that we're all broken people. Everybody in here is a broken person. All of us have our stuff. All of us have our issues. All of us have our brokenness. No one better than the other. One may be a little more painful than the other. But everyone that is sitting here is broken. But the beauty of the brokenness that God has for us is he wants to use us. Like if, if I'm doing this thing called world and creating people, the last people that I'm using are you guys. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Gosh. Or me. Because we're these jacked up broken people. Yet God says, no, 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 no. I want to heal your heart. I want to heal the land of the pains, of the abuses, of the addictions, of the mistrusts, of the hurts, of the losts, what you've lost in life. I want to heal all those things that are broken in you so that I can use you in a new and powerful way. He says this in John 15, 16. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I, this is important to know, that in your stuff, in your brokenness, in your hurts and pains, in your addictions, that God said, I choose you. That you, you need to hear this. In the midst of all of this chaos and crazy in your life, God says this, I've appointed you. See, the problem is the church doesn't believe it. And they think that it's my job, me being the preacher. The church thinks that it's Joel Olstein's job. The church thinks that it's Benny Hinn's job. The church thinks it's, that it's, that it's uh, uh, Rick Warren's job. They think it's the preacher's job. But God said this, I chose you. I, that, that just blows my mind when you search scripture and you see the billions of people who have lived in this, this place called earth and, and God knew some, you know, however many before the foundations of the earth that on, on February 19th, 1966, I'm going to choose John Blue to go forth and do what I've called him to do, preach the word. Now, in your mind, you think, well, yeah, he's a preacher. No, no, no. On, 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 when were you born, Melvin? On January 1969, God said, I chose you, Melvin, to go forth. Now, he's a, he's a professor at the University of Long Beach and Cal State Long Beach. He's not a preacher. He doesn't stand up here, but he's a preacher because God chose him to bring the word. God chose him to bear fruit that someone else might just eat. He appointed each one of us. So why haven't we bore the fruit? Is that good? Is that right grammatically? I was looking at this morning going, is anybody, can anybody correct my grammatic spelling or bore or all that stuff? It looked freaky to me this morning, but okay, we're all right. Everybody's good in agreement with that? Okay, good. No more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, you're, now you're, you're splitting hairs. You just sit there and look good. I work alone up here. That was a rhetorical, not a rhetorical question. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we haven't, why haven't we bore fruit? Well, what we have said over the summer is this, because we haven't turned the crop of our soul. 
We used the farming analogy and we said this. When, when, when a, a land becomes tired and less fertile, when the land doesn't produce fruit, the reason that it doesn't produce fruit is because it's tired. When, when, when farmers go out and the land isn't producing what it's supposed to produce, it's because it's, it's not fertile anymore. It's because some type of crops are planted repeatedly, and when it's planted repeatedly, the nutrients are sucked out of it, and, and, and the plants don't grow the way they're supposed to. They've got to keep churning and moving crops. They become resilient. And we've said the same thing with you and I as Christians. We have this soulish realm that, that is, is deep inside of us, and it's, it becomes hardened, and there's rocks in there, and there's, there's all this stuff. And God says, I just want to turn the soils in your soul, and all those pains, and all the stuff that's in there, I want to turn it up for you. I want to I change the land because it seems to be eroding. And the reason I want to do it is so that seeds might go forth into your soul and mine, and that fruit might come forth. And someone might eat it. And over the summer, we have talked about these different things. We talked about chasing happiness. It's insatiable. Anybody agree? You can't just, it's, it's like chasing the wind. Happiness. We said joy in the Lord is a completely different subject. We talked about hope. That what are you hoping in? Are you hoping in things that, are, that are, are, are un, you're unable to grasp and hold on to? Or is our hope ultimately in Jesus? Because at the end of the day, I don't know if you guys know this, but you're all going to die. Sorry, ruined the end of the book. But <laughs> you're all, we're, all, we're all going somewhere. Where's your hope? If it's in your money, your car, your house, your relationship, all that ends someday. Where's our hope? We talked about holiness, that God has called us to walk as holy people. We talked about Jesus being the rock in our life. We talked about having the fear of the Lord, that as Christians, we can't get through this life and no one will ever eat the fruit of our life if we don't walk in the fear of the Lord. We talked about being a resilient Christian, that in difficult times and good times and bad, that we're able to stand and finish the race. We talk about being reinstated, and that was all about when Jesus took uh, Peter, and he, he, three times he denies him, and three times Jesus reinstates him into the game. He gets him back in the game so that the fruit in his life might be eaten by someone else. And now we're talking about others. We've, we've come to this place of culminating. Last week I handed out uh, these cards, and I asked you to write down the name of three or four people that you're praying for, that you might ask God that they might eat the fruit of your life. Uh, I, I want to encourage you today, as, as we re uh, receive communion, I, I, on the, the, the communion cards or the connection cards, if you'd be willing to write the names of the people that you're praying for and then drop them in the basket, when we pray, I want to be able to pray for them. Just... The simplicity of having something like this in front of your face, in your car, praying for someone, it's a novel idea. See, at this church here, you go and you go, ah, this little church in Costa Mesa in a, in a school. You know what I love about it? I love that there are faithful men and women that are preaching the gospel. That are preaching the gospel. And they're doing that through the fruit of their lives. So why do we do this? Why did I spend a whole summer talking about turning the soil in your hearts? Why is fruit so important? It's so important because so that we will bear fruit in the lives, in our lives for others to eat. 
that, that there's, there's this fruit coming forth that is sweet, and we took bad fruit, and we took good fruit, and we compared the fruits, and, and, and people, so many, too many people in America are eating the rotten fruit of Christianity. Too many people in America are eating just bad bananas and, and bruised apples, and, and they call themselves Christians. People go, why would I ever eat that fruit? And they get into these, these wars of the religious right and the, the left and all these things, and it's just a bruised and battered piece of fruit that no one wants to eat. And therefore, they may never have a shot at truly knowing Jesus other than the life that you're living. See the why. The why is so important. I was talking to Chris about this. We were talking about this the other day. Um, I was talking to and my parents. So I've told the story about when God called me into the ministry, and there's two opportunities. There's one to go and do uh, color commentary for hockey. Good gig, really good money, travel on planes, hang out with the guys, kind of live the, live the dream, all that stuff. And then there's this one called ministry. Pay socks. <laughs> It's not true. God is faithful. You know, it, it, it is, you know, heartbreak. It is betrayal. But let me tell you, there's something just sweet about it and watching people's lives get changed. And, and, and we're talking about, because when I made that decision, my parents uh, thought I was crazy and said, what are you doing? Why would you go? Now you're raising support and going in the ministry and you had this great opportunity. But, but as, as I look back, it's all because of the why. And it's, it's this in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord's not slow in fulfilling his promises. Some count slowness, but his patience towards you. Not wishing that, here it is, anyone should perish. Not a single person should perish. The heart of God is this, that not a single person in Costa Mesa should perish. Not a single neighbor that you live by should perish. Not a single coworker. That, that, that you work with should perish. Not a single family member should perish. And the heart of, 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 of the reason, the why of what I do is, is this right here, that when I preach the gospel, when I disciple, when I spend time, I get to see the fruit of people's lives and watch them change. And there's nothing better. There's nothing better. So the question is, and that we've been asking over the last couple of months is, who's eating your fruit? Who's, who's eating the fruit in your life? And what are they eating? Is there anything worth eating? Is there anything sweet? Is there anything that brings hope? Is there anything that someone is looking for in your life? There's three stories I want to show you real quick in the Gospels this morning. The first one was this woman at the well. You guys know the story. Jesus has been traveling with the disciples in John 4, uh, 4 7. Jesus tried as he, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, it seems rather nebulous. 
you know, he's there getting water, but when you look at the background, this is a Samaritan talking to a Jew. That's not a good thing. And, and, and we look in our lives and the ability to give people fruit, and sometimes we think it's rather nebulous. It's like, what, this is just a glass of water. But this, this encounter that this woman has with Jesus changes her life forever. If we could ever just get outside of ourselves and think, just maybe, just maybe, this next encounter will change someone's life. Not because of me, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I willing to be used just a little bit? And Jesus is sitting there, and the woman's there, and uh, you know the story, and he asks her for the water, and she goes, hey, you know, I'm not supposed to give you any water. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't really hang. And, and, and then he goes deeper in this conversation and says, I am the water. I am life to you. And then he tells her a little prophetic word about her, her past because she'd been married five times, and he, Jesus happened to tell her, which is... You know, if you're hanging out with Jesus, get ready, your dirty laundry may very well come out. And he's sitting there and he goes, you know, you, you got five, you've had five husbands, the one you're sleeping with now, the one you're living with now, isn't your husband. And she's blown away by this. And she hears this and sees this in Jesus, that something, this something that changes her life forever. Second story we see is this blind man in John 9. It says, as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Here's this guy, all of his life, he's been, he's been blind, can't see anything. And, and the, the Jews and the, 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 the priests are like, you know, they're saying, you have sin in your life, that's why you're blind. And Jesus is standing there, and they go, disciples ask him, well, what sin did this guy do? And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. His parents, it's not about the sin. It's that I might be glorified in all this. Now, you got to think about this for something. Some of you are going through some really difficult things. Some of you have come out of some very difficult things. And what he's saying here is this. Look, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Bad things happen to everybody. I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian. Bad things happen. But what Jesus is saying is this. I can turn it all around. I can turn it all around in your life. I've seen it in my life. I've walked it in my life. I'm sitting in it in my life. And I watch God just turn. I watch him just turn things. I watch him just turn things. This blind man's sitting there and he goes, hey, Jesus, I'd like to see. See, there are people that you come across that are saying, hey, fill in the blank, I'd like to see. There are people that you work with. There are people that you communicate with. There, there are family members. There's neighbors that are speaking these words. And they don't sound like that, hey, I'd like to see Jesus. But they sound a little more like a smile or a question or an engagement. You know that guy that, that just opens up and just pours out everything on you? That, you know that, that woman that just pours everything out? And, and we get in this place and, and we're like, I don't really, I don't have time to share anything with this person. Look, I got things to do. I'm running a company. I'm married. I've got kids. I've got whatever. Fill in the blank. And Jesus stops with this man. He takes the mud, spits in it, rubs it in his eyes, and he can see. It's dirty. It's not clean. 
See, allowing people to eat the fruit off your life is not always clean. You know why? Because it takes time. You know why? Because it takes having ears to hear. I don't know about you, but God, I don't don't want to hear that. I want to hear about the next blessing you have for me. I want to hear about how you're going to give me that new whatever. God, I want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about this person that is dying and going to hell apart from relationship with Jesus, and the answer sits in my hand. That's kind of harsh. And Jesus stops what he's doing, and this man has sight. See, Jesus said this, you know, he said, look, you're going to do even greater things than I ever did. And, and, and we get in this place that, and we start thinking about, you know, oh, Jesus healed the sick, blind, blah, 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 blah. But there's this metaphor that he's also speaking in spiritually. You're going to do greater things than me. What does that mean? When he calls you and I to go and be ministers of the gospel, it means this, that he will use you to set people free. What's greater in this life and the next? Getting healed of being physically blind or getting healed of being spiritually blind? One lasts for, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years. One lasts into eternity. One lasts for a moment. One lasts forever. And we live in this momentary life because I don't have time. God says, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. The third story is Peter and John before the Sanhedrins. And it says this, the priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John and while they were speaking to the people, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. The reality is this, no one's going to seize you here today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year and 10 years. But people don't like the fact that you and I preach the gospel. And that, that's what's happening here. Peter and John are seeing people delivered and set free spiritually. They go, ah, don't do that here. Don't do that here. You're going to make people really uncomfortable. You're going to make it really difficult on people. See, what is the consistent in these three stories is to see and hear. In each one of those stories, each one of those people saw something and they heard something. The see and hear is so important. It is to see the fruit in your life and hear the words. And people are looking and they're listening to what you're saying. They want to know what you're saying. Now, let's back up because I'm doing the same. No, no, don't throw it back. Jeez, just hold on to it. Twice you're trying to wreck my gig today. When I met Josh, I just kind of step back when I meet anybody and I watch. And there's fruit I'm eating off your life. Because I see your steadfastness, and I hear the words that come from your heart. I can see and hear the gospel of Jesus. Okay, Brett, I'm going to embarrass you. I don't even really know you. (laughs) He's a surfer with, with my son. But I can see and hear 
see in you just this great young man who's trusting God in all this chaos around you. And I, and I eat the fruit off your life of this just steady trusting in this craziness. And others will do, do the same. They will absolutely do the same. Tracy, have a banana. <laughs> just faithful. And, and, and I, I see and I hear the words that you speak. And people are eating the fruit off of your life just as I'm able to. And it's, it's this see and hear. It's, this, it's this, this whole fruit thing. Chris, hope you can catch. You can. Good. I look at your life and I listen to your words. And I hear Jesus. I mean, every Sunday you're here breaking this thing down called church. Every Wednesday this man is at prayer. And, and I can hear Jesus in your voice. You're not a theologian, but there's Jesus coming forth from you. And I want to eat it off of your life. I, I could go through. I, I'm running out of fruit. I could go through so many of you and, and just talk about the fruit that I'm able to eat off your lives. See, this is what makes a difference. The fruit people are eating off your life comes from what they see and hear. It's from what they see and hear. When I was driving down the freeway yesterday, they did not see or hear a very good thing. Thank you. <laughs> when, I, when, when, when we went to Palm Springs this last week for two days and three of my kids are, are puking and, 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 and our room is complete chaos and, and it's just, I'm mad because it's four in the morning and I want to sleep and I'm yelling at Chris to go take care of the kids because that's what moms do and I'm supposed to sleep and my fat, just absolute idiot dad. I, there, you didn't want to see or hear any of that. I'm telling you, it wasn't pretty. But I do what I do because... I want people to ultimately eat the fruit, hopefully, my generosity and kindness. See and hear. I, I love this. Acts 4. And they recognize that they had been with Jesus. That's the question that I have for us. Would anybody recognize that you walked with Jesus? Would anybody go, hey, he or she is one of those people that walked with Jesus? Was there, was, would there be enough of healthy fruit coming forth from you as a believer in Christ Jesus that they would go, he or she is one of those Christians? They have to be, because look how joyful they are in the midst of the crazy. Look how, how content they are in the midst of not having. Look how strong in the Lord they are in the midst of sickness. Look how peaceful they are in the midst of tragedy. Hey, they're kind of like Jesus. And they recognize that they had been with Jesus. See, the woman at the well, it says this, and because of her words, many more became believers. This Samaritan woman who had had five husbands and was sleeping with another one now, Look, I don't care what your junk is from the past. 
When we come into this relationship with Jesus, he can use us. And this woman was crazy. And it says this, and because of of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that the man really is the Savior of the world. This woman says, hey, come out and hear this man called Jesus. And their lives get changed. This chick's a sinner, a lot like you guys, and God uses her in this incredible way. This blind man, now this is the one, the religious people, they hate when we preach this gospel of the fruit that comes off our lives, and his parents said that because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Oh, Lord forgive that you kicked me out of the church. That's what it was. They were kicking them out of the synagogue if they acknowledged Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And this blind man, they said that, that his parents were afraid, and he said, no, no, no. The blind man said, I don't care, and he, and he preached the word, and he could hear Jesus' voice and he could see what Jesus had done. See, people will oppose what you're saying. But remember, the truth of this word. Remember that this life is like this. Eternity. And then Peter and John says, but many who heard the message believed so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. I don't need 5,000. Just give me one. Because you know what I'm convinced of? When God uses you to bring the hope of the cross and Christ Jesus in one, it is so contagious. It is so just powerful watching someone's life get changed that I can't not but just go after another and preach the gospel. Now let me be very clear. It has nothing to do with me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But they heard the message and believed. 5,000 people came and got saved because of what Peter and John were doing. See, here's the beauty. God uses you and he uses me. Broken, jacked up people. It says this in Romans 10, 14, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard from the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? Look, you have the gospel when you come into a relationship with Jesus, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It is in you, and you have the ability to give it out to others. You have the ability to allow others to grab the fruit off your life, take a bite of it, and go, oh, that's sweet. How do I get it? What does that look like? And we're so busy as Christians trying to keep everything together, trying to go to church twice a month, trying to, trying to just do a Bible study or say a prayer. We're trying to get all this stuff in order. You know, if I just do this, 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 and this, and God goes, no, 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 it's not about any of that. Just produce hope. Produce kindness. Produce gentleness. Produce love. And, and, and I produce none of those things. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit in this, this word that it is produced in me. Left unto myself, I don't give a rip. I'm not here this morning. I'm just being real. <laughs> but because of the power of the Holy Spirit in me and the, the transformation that I see in this word in my life and others, I can't, I, I've got I've to preach the gospel. I've got to preach the word. 
The Samaritan woman, the blind man, and the people, they all ate the fruit. They all ate the fruit, and it changed their lives forever. It changed their lives forever. They were never the same. Power of one. Anybody know who Mordecai Ham is? Finish with this. Mordecai Ham. No? All right, I've told this story. You guys don't listen. This, it's a couple years, a couple years ago. Mordecai Ham. Billy Graham's estimated lifetime audience, including radio and television broadcasts, top 2.2 billion people. That means that approximately 2.2 billion people have heard the gospel from Billy Graham's mouth. Billy Graham has shared the gospel with more people than anyone else in history. But do you know who shared the gospel with Billy Graham? Mordecai Ham. You know who he was? He was a Sunday school teacher at his church that just showed up. He just showed up. And then he would meet with them outside of Sunday school. And Billy Graham would eat the fruit off of his life. So much so that he came to a point where he gave his heart to Jesus. And because one man, Mordecai Ham, didn't need the glory, didn't need the prestige, didn't need anything other than being open to God and allowing the fruit that comes from this word to, to, to go forth in his life, this one man, this man, touched 2.2 billion people. Wait, 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 Billy Graham touched. No, no, no. Billy Graham talked to 2.2. Mordecai Ham was used by God to deliver the fruit so that Billy Graham might preach to 2.2 billion people. That blows my mind. That just, and, and as I look back at, at what God has called me to, I go, who's the next Billy Graham? Or who's the next father that doesn't leave his mother, his children's mother, and loves her well and raises them with the fear of the God and admonition of God? Who's that one that I might impact? We're just finishing this series, and what I'm saying is, go. I, I want to bless you and release you out to that place called the world. You know why? Because people need to eat the fruit off your life. There's no hope. We're a divided country with a divided government with just all kinds of crap. The only thing we can agree on is the patriots. Um, <laughs> And then other, sorry, I had to throw that in there for you, Heidi. <laughs> There's just so much stuff in the world. God, it's painful. My heart breaks. And, and I had to just back out of some of that stuff and go, okay, let me just, God, what am I producing? What am I producing? What's coming forth? And I want to release you as a church into your ministry. This last eight, ten weeks has been about turning the soil in your soul so that someone might come along and pick the fruit off your life. And I'm excited to hear the stories of what God's going to do. I'm excited to hear the stories of what God's going to do. And I don't care if they ever come to this church. What I care about is they come into a relationship with Jesus and they go to a church and they become a part of a fellowship of believers and their life is changed. See, but it's not my job. It's yours and mine.
So I'm blessing you and sending you in the name of the Lord that as you leave this place today, that you, you, you can't get outside of that thought that God wants to use me. And it may be as a teacher or a, a, a health nurse at a Christian school, but those kids need your fruit. It may be as a nurse, but the kids need your fruit. Maybe as a, uh, what do you do, bands? I don't know, you tour with bands, but they need your fruit. As an as a EMT or what, a fireman slash whatever, they need your fruit. And whatever, at building small video, video game companies or whatever, they need your fruit. Teaching at universities, dear God, they need your fruit. Selling exotic cars, they definitely need your fruit. Look, everyone has a story, every one of you. And God has called each of us to produce a fruit that someone might just eat so that Christ Jesus might be glorified and they'd come into eternal relationship with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these men and women. God, I thank you as we uh, have gone through this summer. And God, I pray that we've turned up the soil in our souls. God, and we're not just chasing things. But Lord, that your word is producing fruit in our lives. God, I pray for this congregation, this, this powerful, sweet congregation at a school in Costa Mesa. God, as they go forth, Lord, I pray that you would bring to remembrance that we would take the time, that we would preach the gospel. And Lord, it may just be a smile. It may just be a, a hug or a handshake. But God, that, that, that your, your fruit would go forward, the fruit in our lives, that they might know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So God, I commission and I send and I bless as the men and women of this church leave this service today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.